Thanks for tuning in to Horizon Community Church's podcast. Our hope and prayer is that wherever you are, you would be encouraged by this message and be equipped to face any challenges that come your way. More information about Horizon can be found at www.horizonweb.org. Well, we're starting a series today. It'll be four weeks on the church. And yeah, th- these images you're going to be seeing because we'll be talking about is the church a cruise ship? We'll also tell you, is it a battleship or is it an aircraft carrier? Don't want to miss next week. I got a special friend coming who was F-18 pilot on an aircraft carrier. We're going to discuss some things. Um, but what is the church? So let me, let me ask, how many in this room, I'll need you to raise your hands, have been in church since you were in the womb? All right, you've been there all your life. Raise your hands. All right. How many have been in church since you were a teenager? Raise your hands. How many stopped going when you were a teenager? Raise your hands. Okay. <laughs> About even right there. How many have just started church this last year? You're just a year into this. Anyone? A few? Okay. How many today is your first time in church and possibly your last? Okay, I don't know. We said last week, when we gave the state of the church, that the church was Jesus' idea, not ours. It will survive our missteps, whatever cultural trends happened around us, because the church is the hope of the world. He established it. And nothing we're going to do is going to break the church. We may break this building. We may break a congregation, a denomination, but his church in all forms and throughout history, through persecutions and slaughters. I mean, amazing if you study church history, you go, that happened? That happened? I mean, churches fought each other over things. Still fighting each other over things, it seems like. I mean, there's 38,000 different denominations in the world. 38,000, Okay. Uh, you, some of you may, all oh, those Protestants, you know, the Catholics only one. No, there's 240 different kind of Catholic churches out there. You really want to understand. And when you come to a Baptist church, which, by the way, this is, if you didn't know that, this is North American Baptist church. There are hundreds of different kind of Baptist churches. And some, if you go back to history, why did this church and this church? Is because they disagreed on the color of the carpet. So they're going to go start their own church. And some of you have been a part of those churches. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Of the silliest things in the world that a church can get up on, tangled in. And the thing is, you know, words, especially in the English languages, is true. Words have different meanings. If I said, Bob has a big trunk, what am, I, what am I saying? What's that, trunk of his car? His butt? Did somebody just say his butt? <laughs> I'm serious. I think so. Okay, let's say his waistline, he's got a big trunk, big suitcase. He has an elephant trunk he carries around. I mean, there are a lot of different things. That we could say, Bob, as a what, it, what does it mean? And when I say the church, a lot of different things pop in people's heads. Usually it's first, hey, we're going to the church. It's that building. Or it's an organization. Or it's a structure. None of which the Bible ever uses to describe the church. The word for church is ecclesia which means a called out assembly or congregation. And this is used for every, this is not a religious word. This is used for 
The Canadian truckers are an ecclesia. BLM is an ecclesia. The Republican Party, the Democratic Party, all of their ecclesia, they're a called out assembly of a congregation that are focused in on the same thing. So the word church, where we get ecclesia from, <coughs> is not necessarily a Christian based word. 1 Peter 2, 9 and 10, when Rick was here two weeks ago, he used this passage. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God. Which is true, you've been chosen. That's what the whole chosen series was based on. That you may declare the praises of him who what? Called you out. Ecclesia. God has called you out. You did not choose to follow God. God chose to call you. Now you're following him, but he started it. He's called you out of something into something. He's called you out to be a group of people who are declaring the praises of him, which we just got done doing. I mean, that's part of gathering together that we could corporately, there's power in corporately praising him. And that's why the church is to be called out. Throughout the scriptures, it's identity of who we are, but it's a purpose behind it, that we are the salt of the earth. We're supposed to add flavor. Salt is not the food. Salt is in, in the food that adds the flavor of the food, but it's not the food. We are called to be light. You are the light of the world, but that light is to turn away darkness. God has called us many things, but he's called us out of something to do something. Even Jesus, when he was talking about the church, because Jesus was the first one to mention in the concept, the word church, in John 17, this is Jesus' prayer, and he says here, starting at verse 11, I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world. I've given them your word, and the world has hated them, for they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. This is where we're not supposed to be, where I mean, we're not taken out, we're not supposed to be of the world, but we're called to reach the world. And if the church wants to make a difference, if the ecclesia wants to make a difference, it's got to be different from the world. And that's the problem. If the church looks just like the world, you ain't going to make no difference. Because you have been called out of that. Now, there are many who have said to me, and some of you may be here, and some of you watching online may have thought this, and I've heard it too many times, I don't need to belong to a particular church because I am the church. And that sounds really biblical, that I am the church. Because nowhere in the scripture does it say that. Tim Stevenson is not the church. I'm a part of an ecclesia, but I'm not the ecclesia. I remember, I mean, I've been, 
I've said this so many times, I remember a, a particular time which God gave me a great illustration at that time because I had one of my football players at UOP saying, well, Tim, I really don't need the church because, and he said that a very, very exact thing. Because I can worship God out here underneath the redwood trees and, and just do, your, do my thing. <coughs> and I said, okay, let me ask you this. I mean, UOP, the coaches looked at you and saw you and said you had talent, so they're willing to give you $30,000 a year to play for this, this university. Right? Yeah. So they saw potential in you, right? Yes. And so obviously you're a good player to get a, get a $30,000 scholarship, right? So but let's say you go up to the coach. You say, coach, I know you saw the skills that I have. Obviously, that's why I'm here. You know that I can help out your team. So I'm going to tell you, I will show up on game day. I don't need to go to practice. I don't need to go, go to weights. I don't need to watch film. I promise you I'll be dressed up and ready to play. Because he has told me that isn't church a game, it's just a game we play. I said, what do you think that coach will tell you? <laughs> he kicked me off a team. Exactly. Why? Because it's the weight room. It's the meetings. It's the film that all gets you ready to play the game. Church, this gathering is not meant, this is not the end all. This, hopefully, as we gather and in various forms as we gather, is to get you ready to play the game. And guys, you were not designed to do this on your own. Nowhere in the Bible does it say, I am the church. It's always talking about the collective you. Now, some will say, well, Tim, the Bible says I'm the temple of God. You're right, it does say you're a temple of God. And what was the temple for? Well, the temple was God's presence. Exactly. When he calls you out, he makes you his temple because his spirit is now inside of you. That's still not ecclesia. It's still not the church. Well, doesn't it talk about building in the church? At Ephesians, Paul says this. In him, the whole building is what? Joined together. Wow. I'll just go like this. Like this? TV bad. Okay. <laughs> in him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. The whole building. Joined, what? Together. Now, I know this is going to be deeply profound. When I, when I type this out, you can't be built together unless you are together. Does that make sense? It's hard to be built together unless you are together. Now, I wrote this in my poker room at 4.30 in the morning down. And so hear me, and especially those who are watching online. Whether you're watching live, whether you're watching this later, whether you're on podcasts, whether you're on, okay, 
those who are listening to the sound of my voice. I love that the fact that we can put this online. I love that the fact that this can reach other people. I mean, the pandemic forced us to do that. We were doing it before that. And I look at, man, how many churches in the world are now online? And it's a great resource. Okay, I can be careful here. But you can't necessarily, without effort, be built together if all you're doing is watching from home. You can't be built together, guys, if all you're doing is sitting here on Sunday morning. I mean, you're looking at your whole week. Building together takes effort. Takes A lot of things is happening when you're building something. I spent part of the day yesterday because designing a new light post because our light post that we put in 20 years ago, Dave, my first thing I ever welded was his light post. Well, water, dirt, everything, boom, goes over. So now I've designed a new one. A lot goes into building something. A lot went into building that. A lot's going into tearing the darn thing out. But a lot goes into the building process. And you can't be built together if all you're doing is sitting in your living room or sitting here on Sunday morning. There needs to be a choice that I'm wanting to be built together with other people. Now, I'm not saying you can't do that if you're sitting in your home. I mean, you're going to have to go to effort, much like you guys will have to go to effort, other than just sitting here on Sunday morning. How do I, I mean, I can listen. Is that building me up to a degree, but it's not building me up together? Because it's when we get together, whether it's in a big group, small group, intimate group. I have a friend back in South Carolina, at least once a month, if not more, we figure out a time that we're going to FaceTime for two or three hours, and we'll just sit there with a cigar and talk for three hours. My wife will, what did you guys talk about for three hours? I don't know. Right, guys? I mean, we talked for three hours. I, did you solve the, I mean, we always go, well, we solved the problems of the world. No, we talked about everything. But in that everything, it's being built together. I have several people now that, that is a great resource to sit down with people on, 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 on just on FaceTime and just talk. Sometimes you can do this Zoom. And so I want to encourage you, those who are watching online, you need to be plugged in with other people somehow, whether that's through the, maybe what, that's a new ministry, a Zoom, I mean, we got Georgia watching, Oregon watching, Texas watching, South Carolina watching, maybe... There needs to be a small group of just Zoomers. You can't be built together unless you are together. The Bible talks about to maintain the unity. We're going to be talking about this in two weeks. Colossians 3.14. All over, all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Ephesians make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. He's writing to churches, by the way, here. Ephesians 4, until we all reach unity in the faith 
and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of God. And even Jesus' words, in them and you, I and them, you and me, may they be brought to complete unity. They, not I, us, be brought together in complete unity so that the world will know that you sent me. Don't miss that. The world sees whether we're together on things. But again, <laughs> you don't need to maintain unity if you're by yourself. Unless you're multi-personality and you're trying to figure out who's arguing with who inside, go see Kevin, okay? Other than that, how do you maintain unity but, unless you're together? Because the minute you get two together, it's impossible unity ain't going to be there. You get more than two, I guarantee you it's not going to happen. So how do you notice maintain means it doesn't snap, it comes together and never have to deal with it again. Always, constantly tweaking it. Just like being built together. We are the church. Not me, the church. We're the called out ones. We're called out underneath the banner of Jesus. Now when Jesus first talked about the church, it's found in Matthew 16. Jesus is walking, he's, he's in Caesarea Philippi, he's asking his disciples, so who do people say that I am? Some say, well, some say you're John the Baptist, some say you're Elijah, some say you're one of the other prophets. And then he turns to them and says, but who do you say I am? And Simon Peter, very quick, he's usually first to speak up, says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus replied, verse 17, Blessed are you, Simon, for this was not revealed to you by man, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. Now let me tell you, he's not saying on Peter I'm going to build my church. On this rock of who Jesus is, you are the son of the living God, I will build my church and the gates of hell, the gates of Hades, will not come against it. Guys, the church was Jesus' idea. And gates do two things. They keep people out, and they keep my grandkids in. All right? Right? Gates keep people out, and they keep people in. Gates storm nothing. Gates aren't defensive, not defensive. I mean, excuse me, gates are defensive, not offensive. They just keep people out or keep people in. You don't, gates don't storm anything. They just stand there. And he's saying, my church, which I will build, this is my idea from the beginning, the gates of hell will not be able to stand up against it. Now, what it does not mean is keeping Satan out of our backyard. It means going and grabbing stuff out of his. That's what it means to plunder his yard. And when you look at churches, I was reading one writer that says that in seven years, 55,000 churches will close. 20% of churches in the U.S. are growing, but that growth is by transfer growth, one, going from one church to another church. They say 1% are growing because people who are lost find Jesus. And I think because it's our concept of church. 
is the church a cruise ship? Some of you, you may think so, especially in our consumer mentality. We picked a cruise. I've never personally been on a cruise because usually when I go on vacation, I want to be away from people, not trapped on a boat with people in a tube, a metal tube I can't get off. Um, But people show up to church. Can this church meet my needs? Can the, does this church have something for my children? Is there a business network I can get connected to? Does it have family facilities? Is the preacher funny? Does the pastor preach, pastor preach on things to my felt needs? Y'all know where I'm feeling today. Do I like the music? Is it too loud? Is it too soft? Too country? Too rock? Too metal? That's what Ken's vote is. The church is not designed to just cater to the needs. Because on a cruise ship, you get there and you ring a bell, you eat your food, and you do nothing. And the problem is, in today's culture, I'll say in America, I don't know other places, many people are involved with different cruise ships. Well, I like the kids' program over here on Liner A, but the music, it must better on liner B. And the pastor is funnier on liner C. So I go here and I go there and I go here and I just shift over here. And all of a sudden, it's just all about me. Now, understand, we're supposed to grow together. We're supposed to learn together. We laugh together. All those things are true. But if you expect to rise and just to cater to your needs, You won't last very long when we hand you a mop and tell you to get involved. Horizon was not a cruise ship. Now, I used to use, uh, you know, the church as a battleship because I I like battleships. They blow things up. But we don't have battleships anymore other than in museums. But I get the battleship idea because a battleship is on a mission. I mean, the battleship is designed to blow things up. And the bigger the battleship, the bigger you blow things up. And when you look at the shells, and I mean, I, I love history and especially military stuff. And how it usually goes, you know, that the battleship goes find something to aim its guns off, aim its guns at, and then blows it up. And that's deter- that determines whether you're successful or not. It implies that the institution of the church basically is doing the fighting. And you guys pay a staff to find the targets and fire the cannons and cheer as they go. Uh, The focus is mission, but very few people are involved in that aspect of it. And Horizon is not a battleship. That's why I like the aircraft carrier. I mean, we have over 40 aircraft carriers in the U.S. Navy. And the sole job in an aircraft carrier, their mission, which I thought was very good, the mission of a, and this came from a carrier operator, carrier is to launch and retrieve aircraft. That's what they do. And everyone you see on the deck is dedicated to that purpose. That's why they all run around in different color shirts, because they all have a job. That's why it'll be fun next week as I interview the F-18 pilot. He's a great guy. Um, 
but when we talked about certain aspects of asking, well, why do you guys do this? Why does this happen here? What takes place here? That's the church, how it operates. See, the battleship is different than an aircraft carrier because the battleship is right there if you've seen anything in World War II. I mean, we used the battleships in Iraq. They're cruise missiles, though. But, I mean, they're off the coast, and they blow things up with their big guns. They're close to the battle. An aircraft carrier does not want to be close to the battle. The aircraft carrier's job is to launch planes that go out on a mission, have a particular task, and then they come back and refueled. And everyone on the aircraft carrier makes that happen. As one person put it, the deck of an aircraft carrier is the most dangerous place in the world to be. And my desire is to have Horizon be an aircraft carrier. We'll talk about that more next week. Um, but the only way that this works is everybody sees the church as the aircraft carrier. If you have a group of cruise ship people, they're just going to be sitting on the fantail with a waiting for their mojita to show up. That's not going to happen on an aircraft carrier. And then they get disgruntled and they go somewhere else where their needs will be met. The church was Jesus' idea. If the church wants to make a difference, then we must be different than for the world. That's how it works. You can't be built together unless you are together. Gates are defensive, not offensive. And gates storm nothing. It's our job to go on into what the devil says is his and take it. Understand, you've been called out. You did not choose to follow God. God chose you, and now you're following him. But he called you out to something. And the vehicle God has chosen throughout time, since he began this thing called church thousands of years ago, is that the world, the church is the hope of the world because it is the church, us gathered, us singing and declaring the praises of him that draw people, that when they see that you're one together, they will know who sent you, who called you, who chose you. You need, I need, to be part of an ecclesia. We've been called out already. We need to gather together. And what does that look like? That's what we'll be talking about the next couple of weeks. Father in heaven, I thank you for today. I thank you that I didn't cough up a lot. Um, and Lord, I thank you that uh, you've called us. Some have been in church all their lives. Others just recently still have the same calling. You've been called us out to declare the praises of you. And you want us to be built together to do that. Because one voice is loud, but a choir of voices hits all the parts. It sounds beautiful. Help us to see what our part is to play 
in your ecclesia, which is the hope of the world. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Guys, God bless you. Have a fantastic day.